I'm Mackie. Xavier. Proteo. Playmaker. You're on the Northwest Conversion Zone. Where all things come together. <laughs> Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. With mouths as big as the Columbia River. Egos as tall as Mount Rainier. Smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon. It's the Northwest Convergence Zone. everybody welcome back to the northwest conversion zone show our little corner of the podcast universe this is the little podcast that could thank you for tuning in each and every week i'm big d as always it's welcome it's good to have you here and over here to my right is my main man big joe yes well greetings and salutations everybody from the man cave here in the city of discipline if you don't get yourself back to school on time <laughs> you little brat that's right you will get the board of education <laughs> all right and always double d checking in are you happy school starting oh yes i am i'm just excited wonder boy is dying because you get to go back to fifth grade <laughs> I've been there a couple times, yes, but no, I did get past fifth grade eventually. I'm the smartest man in the land. <laughs> Just call him Billy. Uh, all right, yeah, uh, school starting here this week, and you can hear a collective like groan, groan? across yes. the uh, fine state of Washington. And, and conversely, <laughs> and conversely, size of relief. Yeah, usually, <laughs> what, what time does the school bus come around? What time does it come around in the morning? Like around 7.30? I don't know. I'm still asleep. You can, well, all, just, just peel your ears because you'll hear a big cheer. <laughs> yeah, all the, the first parents, day of school. <laughs> yeah. We're free again. So. Margarita parties at 7.30 <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> Sign me up. All right. So all of you who are heading back to school, we're so sorry. And for those of you who have kids going back to school, congratulations. Uh, yeah, big show here today. We uh, Last week, though, man, we had a killer show with The Crying Spell, and we had The Legend of Bigfoot, Big Wheel Stunt Show stopping in, and The Lonely H. I, it was a great show. I, I really enjoyed that show. And all those bands, great bands. And uh, it'll be interesting to hear from The Lonely H how they do out in Nashville. Uh, this Last Saturday, though, we got to go down to Hell's Kitchen. Well, except for Joe. Joe was doing, uh, he'll tell us about that in a moment. We went down to Hell's Kitchen for the CD release party. Legend of Bigfoot, Big Wheel Stunt Show was there, Valis, uh, several bands. It was They a great, rocked it. it. They rocked the house, man. Hell's Kitchen is a great venue. And if you haven't gotten your hands on uh, the CD, the EP from Legend of Bigfoot, it's only five bucks. I'm telling you, when that thing hits iTunes or and CD Baby and all, all the outlets, you really need to check it out. In the meantime, go ch see a show. And it's a, like I said, five bucks. Pick it up. So want to thank all those guys. It was a great time. And we enjoyed watching the bands rip it up and got to you know be reacquainted with lots of good friends and so forth. Uh, Joe, what were you doing? Well, I have to offer my sincerest apologies to the guys. I was in uh, Vegas for my stepson's wedding. Nice. Yeah, it was very nice, and uh, I'm happy for him. And I'd like to offer up my apologies because as much as I liked being there, I would have rather been in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
They could have played Vegas. They it could play. We all could have went there. Yeah, that would have been great. But uh, yeah, he has a lovely bride, Michelle, a very nice girl. Congratulations! And officially, uh, I am a grandfather now because they uh, worked fast. That's right. Uh, wow! <laughs> Holy smokes! Isn't there usually like a nine-month time period, right? <laughs> but uh, little Taylor, uh, Michelle's daughter, likes to call me Grandpa, which is kind of cool. I kind of like that. So where was this? All where was this big soiree, shindiggy thing held? It was down at the Las Vegas Hilton, which was the home of Elvis the whole time that he ever did any shows. Also, the Star in, Trek convention, yes, or the Star Trek yeah, ride, some Star Trek stuff down there. Gone now, and yeah, it's gone. They did have some Star Trek yeah, stuff Yeah, it was there. cool. Right. Anyway. And uh, so I tried to talk him into the Elvis wedding, uh, but uh, he wouldn't go for it. What? Yeah, it was You're a little- in Vegas, I man. was a little bummed. I was really thinking that would be great. But uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, very nice. And uh, we had a good time. Do some drinking? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Nevada booze. Oh, they give it away. It's cheap. <laughs> it's free. How could it's I not? Flowing out of the fountain. <laughs> That's right. Down at Caesars. I just laid in the fountain. <laughs> now, did you uh, did you go down to Fremont at all? Uh, like to make the trip down to Fremont, but you know we were so we're totally at the opposite end of where Fremont was. And I've done it. It's cool, but I just kind of hung at the Hilton. You know, did a little sports betting, some nice. slots. Yeah. Um, did you lay down some futures? I laid down the future who'd bet. You, who'd you put the futures on? Had to put the futures on the dogs and the Seahawks. <laughs> okay, now I got to ask you because uh, I go down to Vegas every year, and in the past um, you've asked me to lay down some future bets for you, which I'm always glad to do. But in the past, the dogs really – down on the bottom. Right. There was no future. There was like there was no future. And when I would walk up to the counter, I would say, I'd like to put whatever, 10. <laughs> and just, after they stopped was, laughing. I would like on the Huskies. And they're like, uh, what? Why? Who? Why do you want to do that? <laughs> and, uh, and so there was no category for them. So it was always in the all others category. Right, kind of the field. Play yeah, the so field. It, was like, it was like one through 100 or something, and then all others. Was there <laughs> yes. a category this year? No, they were out of the field this year, which was nice. And uh, so they've. So you actually have a Huskies ticket. They're actually, yes, getting some respect this year. So I'm, put, I'm, some stu- put something down on the Hawks? Oh, oh, absolutely. Have to. All right, very yeah, good. To go to the Super Bowl, uh, the Huskies to win the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, I had been drinking a lot. But hey, a bowl game, that'll, that'll be fine at this point. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, congratulations on that. You know, the yeah. weird thing, like, I've known you for mm, 10 years, I think, and we have never been to Vegas. We got to do that sometime. We've ne- never. We've never been to Vegas together, which is weird because we do the mancation every year. Right, which where is we a go blast. On the, yeah, oh, Absolutely. I wouldn't miss it for the world. The golfing uh, weekend trip over to Eastern Washington and so forth. Never been to Vegas. How come that hasn't happened? I don't know. We just got to you know arrange it, plan it. But uh, we got to make that happen. We got to get double D. We got to get squeeze. You and I, we get on an airplane and go do a weekend in Vegas. We'll do it. It'll be like the Hangover Part Two. <laughs> we'll lose double D. Well, you know somehow. the Hangover Part One was based on my life. I think I lived that like five <laughs> it's, times. It's autobiographical. Oh yeah, no kidding. I mean, just to let you know, double D has never been to Vegas. <laughs> what? I have never been there. Like you've never even like ever touched ground. They've never flown in. Right. Never. Ever. 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 They have a little ranch down there that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Really? Well, What's that about? <laughs> they got lots of ranches. <laughs> now, uh, full of fillies and ponies. No. 
The thing about, but Joe, this is what I got to ask you about because uh, now, you know, we're an audio program. People can't see us per se, but I've known you, like I said, for 10 years. I have always known you with the flowing locks, the rock, the rock haircut. Yeah, the long flowing hair, the, the silver fox look. Yes. And uh, you showed up at our the Summer Crush, and we charged you at the door because we didn't recognize <laughs> That's you. That's right. I said, hey, I'm with the band. <laughs> but uh, Joe's the, got, you got, the, you got like the short hair. I, I let you the, trimmed uh, down the, uh, the, the beard. the freak flag, unfortunately. But, What's up with that? Well, you know, Vegas scared me, and... Uh, <laughs> It uh, had been. We'd had a little bit of a heat spell here, and I was I was suffering a little bit, and I knew it was going to be in the hundreds in Vegas. And I said, I got to lop it off because I will never make it. Even with all the air conditioning and trying to stay inside, you still go out and hit the streets for ten minutes, get into Brutal. your rental car, and you are dying. So yeah, yeah it helped, but uh, it's it'll come back. It's so, growing back. Good time in Vegas for you. Oh, uh, it was a blast. We had a good time at the uh, CD release party. And uh, yeah, are... sorry guys, I couldn't be there, but in your honor, I did uh, Uncle Burning Love karaoke down there. Did you? Yes. Did you? Nail I said it? this goes out to the legend of Bigfoot <laughs> <They're> like... <laughs> and, our, and our buddies, the big the big Will, Will Stunt, Stunt show. show. That's right. And you laid down the hunk of burning love. Hunk of burning love. Wow. Well, because I was love. on fire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> too much tequila and too much heat. That's what happens. You sing hunk of burning love and some whacked out karaoke in Vegas. All right. Well, hey, something's going on right now that is, uh, well. It's the greatest time of the year. Yes. I'm telling you, man. I, it fall, it's got to be right up there. With, I mean, I love summer. Daryl's got the huge baton right now. He's high-stepping uh, <laughs> like, like the major Don't rat. describe my outfit, please. I'm embarrassed. What is this? All right, look. Fall, if fall was actually be- rolled into summer, it would be the greatest time of the year. I don't like the fact that ball, fall backs up winter but fall for me with football what do you mean what is this i don't know what the music's for are you serious yeah what do you do on saturday mornings go to work (laughs) do you get up early and listen to that song with all reverence and hold your hand over your heart i do seven o'clock every saturday every saturday morning man you got to set your dvr if you're not up like some of us work. no i gotta get up I'm just for the fun of it. Go it work is on the, something. It is the anthem. It is the uh, it is the national broadcast. Anthem? That's not the national anthem. Yes, it is for college <laughs> football, football, baby. College game day. College game day. On, That's the theme song, my man. But that Espen. goes on more than one day a year. It is more oh, than a one day holiday. Thank yes. God it does. Absolutely. <laughs> I love college football more than the pros. I mean, I lo- I'm down with the pro football, but I am all about college. Yeah. In fact, I'm making plans right now. I'm going to be down in Texas in October. For my annual back-to-back home games this year, Iowa State, Baylor, the pageantry that goes on at the University of Texas football games, second to none. I'm yes, sorry. I've been to some UW games. Right. We always a good time. time. Yeah, it's another level. But it is insane, man. The barbecue that's cooking, the beer that's flowing, the, orange, the burnt orange that's walking around, it is, it is heaven for a boy like me. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of college football, my friend is an award-winning sports writer and he's going to join us on the program today kevin hampton he is a writer he's the beat writer for the oregon state beavers down for the uh, corvallis gazette times 
But don't let that fool you. It's just, I mean, Corvallis isn't that big of a place, but he is such a great writer that his stuff gets picked up by the Oregonian, uh, the Salem paper. This guy has uh, done one-on-one interviews with uh, some of the biggest names in sports. Uh, he told me one time about the time he interviewed. Uh, it was in a group, but he interviewed Pete Carroll. That was pretty cool. And the guy knows sports. I've known Kevin since uh, college. We've been to lots of football games. He's also my uh, Rush concert buddy. Been going to those for a long, long time. So Kevin Hampton stopped in. We talked Pac-10 football, a little bit of NFL, and this is how that went. All right, everybody. Our next guest on the program is Kevin Hampton, award-winning sports writer out of Corvallis, Oregon. Kevin, thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, tell us how long you've been uh, covering sports and who you're writing for these days. Uh, 19 years. That's and, a long time to be covering uh, sports. Yeah. And who are you writing for? Um, I write for the Corvallis Gazette Times in Corvallis, Oregon. But a lot of your stuff gets um, picked up on uh, like the Salem paper and gets shot around the internet. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean... Because yeah, if you Google up Kelvin Hampton, there's like all kind of articles and... Uh, stuff of yours that gets uh, spread out right internet age uh you know i mean you can pretty much get anybody's uh stuff from any paper nowadays so primarily though you uh being down in corvallis always that's the home of the oregon state beavers <laughs> and, which is a pac-10 team which is why we have you on here and uh we're going to talk about the pac-10 in a moment but um over this course of time tell us some of the uh some of the of uh, the different sports that you've covered and uh you know like any like absolute memorable moments of people that have you've run across when you've uh, been covering different games or so forth um well i've covered uh oregon state football uh university of oregon football actually one year um osu men's basketball and then a variety of stuff gymnastics i did a lot of gymnastics women's basketball <laughs> uh women's basketball um, and in that time, going to all these games and hanging out with, you know, all these, you know, all the different teams that come through and you're watching these games, you're up in the press booth, booth or you're down on the field, uh, a couple of, couple of, you know, unique moments come to mind? Uh, Oregon State-wise, probably Fiesta Bowl um, back in, uh, <clears throat> after the 2000 season, it was 2001 uh, Fiesta Bowl. Uh, they beat Notre Dame uh, 41 to 9. Yes. Um, yes, we all love that. <laughs> yeah. I think to the rest of the nation, it kind of came out of the blue. But um, You guys weren't shocked. It, well, I mean, Oregon State was 10 and 1 going into the game. So, yeah, I think people who knew the team thought that they would win. But um, I don't think the, the national media really. Now you've interviewed no, some pretty big, big, big name people, though. Uh, let me just roll down. So Bill Walton was one. Harold Reynolds, you've talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chad Johnson, who we all know as Ocho Cinco. Um, am I, I mean, there's others. Who, who else have you talked to that you um, had like one on ones with? <clears throat> Stephen Jackson. Um, Pete Carroll was one. Yeah, uh, that wasn't one on one, but yes. Um, Dennis Erickson. Uh, Dennis Erickson, of course, he was at Oregon State. I, I interviewed him quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was an interesting character. <laughs> uh, pretty fiery, you know. Would yeah. get, get pretty fired up out on the <laughs> out on the practice field. Um, not uh, Mike Riley, who is the coach now, is a very relatively mild uh, coach and. Uh, 
you know, the, the, if you ever see him, you know, hear him interviewed or see him on TV, that's pretty much the way he is uh, all the time. Uh, he's kind of an aw shucks type, you know, <laughs> nice guy, you know, and he is, you know, genuine, you know, genuinely nice. Like a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, My, uh, you, you say uh, someone like Mike Riley is one of the, the the good ones. Uh, and if you can mention him and it won't get you in trouble, who have uh, been some of the uh, people Dicks. that you would, yeah, that you wish you wouldn't have crossed paths with? Um. Not too well. One comes to mind that's recent. I don't know if I should really talk about it. <laughs> it was um, a coach, the, though, right? Yes, oh, okay. the, the ex women's basketball coach at Oregon State. But uh, let's not get into that. All right, all she's, right. she's moved on. Fair now, enough. Anyway, okay. So. Well, one of the, the one of the reasons that uh, we have you on here, uh, obviously, football season's right. It's just about to start, man. And this is like the greatest time of the year. Not only yes. in the NFL, but especially f- for me college football and uh, we live in the land of pac 10 up here but you know uh college football just in itself is like has to be one of the grandest games ever the pageantry and the the rivalries and just the you know the day-to-day games um let's talk about the pac 10 to start though because that's that's local and um i'm looking at the um the pac 10 football preview uh the the rankings or whatever, and they have Oregon ranked at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, agree or disagree? Uh, I think, you know, you have to technically agree because they did go to the Rose Bowl last year. They they do return uh, the vast majority of their starters. Especially um, on defense. Yeah. And, like losing well, Masoli. That, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to – that'll hurt them. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think that offense, you know – Everybody has their opinion about the the quarterback's role in that offense, but I personally think that it's not really at its best unless it has somebody who is pretty gifted in in the certain respects that it takes to to run the spread spread option. Ugliest uh, uniforms we, ever. Well, it's always Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two in the Pac-10, Oregon State. Um, think they can carry that? Yeah, I, I mean, on paper anyway. Yeah, if they if they don't have injuries, uh, they have they have a new quarterback coming in, um, but they have Jaquiz Rogers, they have James Rogers, mm-hmm. the Rogers brothers. Right. Um, those two players alone are fast as lightning. Yeah, Roy Rogers and their <laughs> horse yeah. trigger. <laughs> so. uh, okay, so let's go down. We have Stanford, Arizona, California, UCLA, and this is the shocker, kinda, but not really. Seventh USC. What are your thoughts on USC these days, with all the problems they've had during the summer and uh, all the shenanigans that have been going on down there? Finally getting caught. Yeah. Um, yeah. This. They. Uh, you know. I mean. Well, for one thing, I don't think they're going to be seventh. I, I think you know. Um, uh, just it's USC. I mean, they're just because right. that they've gotten in trouble isn't going to drop them the number seven. I so mean, I in the Pac ten. So do yeah, you, do, I mean, do, you th- do you think they adopt the mentality as us against the world since we're yeah. getting nailed, or there's any chance of some type of implosion where they just lose it? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a chance of that, um, but I do think they might adopt the us against the world mentality and be pretty tough to you know to deal with what do you think about the pete carroll uh splitting town interesting timing <laughs> <laughs> yeah right 
Yeah. yeah, we'll get to Pete Carroll in a moment when we start with the posse's on your trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's time get to out of get town. Dodge. Well, we'll get back to him when we hit the, the NFL. But let's go through the rest of this. Um, eighth uh, projected, eighth Washington, ninth Arizona State, and then of course at the bottom, which is no surprise, Washington State. What do you think? Um, there was there was a time when Washington was uh, a powerhouse man mm-hmm. in the Pac-10, and things they've fallen on hard times. You, what do you think is the key to turning that around and getting back into the thick of things? Do you think they're ranked too low? I'm talking about the Huskies now. Um, do you think they're ranked too low? What What are your thoughts on the on the hometown boys up here? Yeah, um, I do think they're ranked too low. Um, I think there's. Uh, they're ranked pretty low on that poll. I've heard other people with different opinions having them, you know, pretty high. I'm not sure I agree with that either um, yet. But I think, you know, uh, you were asking about what they need to do. I think they've done some of those things already. One is bringing uh, Sarkeesian in as the as the head coach. I think he has the, you know, uh, the ability to recruit um, like Washington used to be able to recruit. I think you're already seeing that. I think they're bringing in uh, some pretty good players, which uh, you know basically doesn't bode well for uh, the rest of the Pac-10, at least uh, maybe the Northwest teams. And um, so, yeah, I think they're going to be good um, this coming season. Uh, Jake Locker is probably the big key for them. Um, Jake uh, had a great season last year. Uh, was um, you know, now he's a Heisman candidate because of it. Um, he was kind of struggled before. I kind of think that uh, getting Sarkeesian in and, and some of his assistant coaches um, really made, you know, helped him blossom. So, um, you know, I kind of think, you know, unless he avoid, you know, as long as he avoids uh, running around with the ball too much. Getting injured. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, you know, I think. He has a shot, you know, definitely to at least lead the team to a like a winning record, I think. I, I've always thought this about Locker because, I mean, it, just in my opinion, I think if there's one sort of – and I, I, he kind of flies under the radar, not around the Pac-10, but I think on a national level. You mentioned Jake Locker, and a lot of not a lot of people know who he is, like a Tebow or a Colt McCoy or any, something like that, or Sam Bradford. But I think of all the quarterbacks in the last few years that are going to come out into the pros, he's got the skills to actually come out and be a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have often thought that if he was in any other program besides the Dogs uh, that had a stellar offense, he would have already probably won a Heisman. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think, well, <laughs> well, maybe if he played for Florida, because I think he kind of has the Tebow-esque. Or USC um, or uh, Ohio State or something. So a big-name program. What I think really set him apart last year, uh, last season, was he started throwing the ball the way an NFL quarterback right. needs to throw the ball. He stabilized. Yeah, and uh, he's always been a great athlete. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He right. can run. He's big. You know, I mean, if he did get an offense like Oregon's or Florida's, he probably would uh, blossom within that. But I think for the NFL down the road, this is the best uh, scenario for him. So, oh, go ahead. Kevin, I wanted to ask you as someone on the inside, uh, you know, over the summer, the middle of the summer, beginning of the summer, we get this talk of uh, going to the Pac-16. Texas is coming in. Texas Tech, Oklahoma. I mean, all these guys from Oklahoma the south. State. All these guys from the southwest are going to come into the conference. Uh, people get excited about it. It doesn't happen. 
Now it's going to be potentially in the next year or two, the Pac-12. What was your take on that whole situation? Well, I thought, um, well, for one thing, uh, the new, that was driven by uh, Larry Scott, who is the new Pac-10 commissioner. Um, Well, it's been a year now, but relatively new. Just a total change at the top uh, mentality-wise as far as going for that, uh, you know, understanding what college sports is about. And this is, you know, I mean, it is about money. I mean, let's be be honest. Except for the players. and uh, he understands that, but I think, you know, he's he's not a it's only about money type guy, but he understands, you know, which side the bread is buttered on. Um, and uh, so he went for it, you know, and that's his mentality. Uh, didn't really work, um, you know, obviously, um, because of Texas. And uh, <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, and it's going to be the Pac-12, uh, Utah and uh um, Colorado are uh, joining the Pac-10. Um, that should be interesting. It'll strengthen the conference overall. And uh, so, so really, the thing that squelched, squelched the deal it was Texas because Texas is so big. It's like you know we're the Lone Star te- state. We're the Lone Star team. We can do yeah. what we want. Yeah, and Oklahoma, I mean, uh, they don't like to admit it, but they do do what Texas does. Yeah, I, I mean, think it was more than just Texas, but I think that was a big part of you know why it didn't work. Uh, don't you think the Pac-10 needs to sign a better TV deal? Yeah, I think that's um, you think that's, that's part of what he's doing. That's part of the reason why they're they wanted the that's the big driving factor of wanting to add all those teams in the first place. But I think what I've heard is that even with the Pac-12, they'll be able to put something together that'll be a lot more lucrative than what they've they've had in the past, which was ridiculously low. Oh, it was horrible. Um, yeah, yeah. So. it was like crappy on Fox Sports at weird times, and mm-hmm. like nobody on the East Bad, Coast was There'd be a it. huge matchup that they wouldn't even show. Yeah, they wouldn't because even, they were contractually obligated to show something else. And, yeah, Stanford and you know like Wazoo or something, and there'd be some big game going on. You couldn't get it at all, and even U Dub, I fault them for a lot of things because half the time you can't get their games on or when you do it's like uh cut into the middle or whatever it's like uh they need a better deal so uh pac-10 needs to shore up some things and get back on the map uh before we hit the national uh football scene um real quick question of the pac-10 teams who goes to the biggest bowl and what bowl do you think that's going to be hmm um Boy, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of people are thinking Oregon, Oregon State. I just don't, I don't know. Um, but if they have Oregon uh, pick number one. It's going to be Rose Bowl. I don't think there's going to be a national championship level okay. team. Um, right. I'll say that. I okay. mean, I, I, it's too close. There's like six teams that could win the Pac-10 this year. And that'll be I good. Mean, that's yeah. good for the Pac-10. All right, let's look at the can, national. Oh, can, can I ask you one quick question? Yeah. Basketball question. <laughs> Uh, since you uh, cover Oregon State basketball, mm-hmm. as far as the legends, there's a there's a local guy that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Played at Oregon State. Uh, I'm wondering if you ever had a chance to uh, talk to uh, Gary Payton. <laughs> um, well, I've seen him around town a lot. <laughs> I got uh, a story for you, and Kevin's not going to tell it, but I don't want to get him into trouble. I, I guess if you were talking to Gary Payton, it'd be just him talking and you right. listening. But, well, you know. but he Gary actually Payton, was uh, gone before I started. Uh, yeah, Payton was actually going to Oregon State while we were in college. And there was a time where, and I used to work in Corvallis for Parks and Rec, and and, uh, Kevin lived there, so we hung out in Corvallis a lot. And it was like a Friday night, man, and it was 
late, well, midnight-ish or whatever, and we roll up to the 7-Eleven, <laughs> and there's this dude in the phone booth who is absolutely trashed. <laughs> he can barely stand up, and he can barely, there were no cell phones, and he could barely hold the phone and dial, and there's this nice-looking, like, was like a Jaguar or a BMW or something? Uh, it was something nice. With the remember. door open, mm. you know, the music's blaring, and it was Gary Payton. <laughs> <laughs> remember that oh yeah yeah that was crazy man. well i just I, I meant like if he came back for some legend thing or he um, was his number was being retired yeah, or... i haven't had the opportunity to talk to him uh, one one or anything like that all no. right let's look at the uh, national picture real quick in, in the college football uh of course uh the obligatory we got a the, the number one team from last year has to be ranked number one going into the season which is alabama agree or disagree I don't know that they have to be, but... Uh, oh, they do it every year. It doesn't yeah. matter who won the national championship. They always make them, in the very first week, they give them the number one rank. Um, well, I guess in their mind, agree. As, in, far, uh, as in, far as the polls are concerned, I guess I agree, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I watched that game last, uh, you know, the national championship game. I'm telling you, if Colt McCoy hadn't gone down so early, the Alabama was going to get beat. You know, I mean, that's. I think it's a legitimate. Uh, it's more than opinion. freaking legitimate. It's. I'm still pissed <laughs> off about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, other big teams. Ohio State is ranked up there, uh, number two, um, and then uh, and then it goes into like it's like Boise State, Texas, and it starts you know going down the list. A um, lot of people talking about Ohio State this year because they think Terrell Pryor is going to have a breakout year and so forth. I'm not buying into it. What's your take on? that um well their fortunes do lie with uh you know how uh he he plays but i just don't buy it i mean i sell on ohio state (laughs) Um, i mean i didn't you know yeah they're good i mean i thought they'd you know maybe have more trouble with oregon in the rose bowl and they their defense is incredible but offensively yeah i don't know i i don't think so uh, throughout the uh, course of this upcoming football season, uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, ups and downs, and uh, the polls all switch and shift and change, which is why I really don't care for the preseason polls. And a lot of the like the first four weeks, I don't think the polls really matter at all. But then the BCS kicks in. Mm-hmm. Tell us your thoughts on the BCS. Well, uh you know, I mean, there's not going to be a play. Uh, you know, we're not going to see playoff ever. That sucks. You know, as far as I can see, anyway. Uh, it's just too much money uh, tied into the system as it stands. They always make these little tweaks every other, you know, every few years, whatever. Right. But it's only to keep their, their system going. That's what it really is all about. But don't you think the BCS but, has basically ruined what the bowl system used to be? Yeah. I mean, traditional rivalries have been in, especially with the Rose Bowl, got thrown away. Yeah, Cotton Bowl is, you know, uh, was basically now or has been, you know, basically kind of irrelevant. Totally as, irrelevant. At least, you know, they're not a BCS, you know, yeah. bowl game. So, oh. or BCS, you know, whatever they are a BCS. You know what I'm saying. But the whole BCS process of this whole computer and, you know, the way they they take wins, losses, and points and this and that, don't you think it's a flawed system just on the basis? Because I can give you examples over the last few years where – um, and I'll use Texas and Oklahoma because that's the one I'm most familiar with. Texas and Oklahoma will play fairly similar schedules. But you got Stoops, who's a run-em-up type guy. 
he, it doesn't matter if he's playing Baylor or Rice or o, o, Oklahoma State or whatever. If they're, you know, if they're winning in the fourth quarter, they will pile it on and mm-hmm. win by 40 or 45 or whatever. Whereas Mac Brown's a shut it down guy. They as if they have the game in control, they run the clock. They're not out to embarrass anybody. But the BCS then rewards a team like Oklahoma and will rank them higher at the end of the season because of their margin of victory. Yeah, right. it's not as bad as it was cuz they they started trying to, you know, that was one of their tweaks. Um and, you know, by the way, I mean Texas played for the championship last year. Oh, so I'm not complaining. I'm just saying <laughs> there have been there have I mean over the last four or five years, and it's not just Texas Oklahoma because I'm most familiar with them because I follow Texas obviously, but it happens in the Pac-10. It's happened in the top mm-hmm. two or three. Um, I remember once they sent Cal to a bowl game over Texas based on some kind of weird system, and it, it's it's that whole computer thing, and nobody's quite sure what it is or who they are. It's like this. It's like this secret super government agency that's running these the brain computer and i'm just wondering if you have any inside scoop like what what do the sports writers say what are your what are your comrades in the uh, in the newspaper field what's their thought on bcs um most of us probably i would say don't like it but uh the reality is i mean we kind of realize that it's the way it's going to be you know kind of thing um as far i mean we do question stuff like you know Really, TCU beat, you know, Boise State. Um, you know, they're the two teams that end up playing each other. You know, they're not, you know... Uh, or at the beginning of the season, out. Boise State beat, what, like Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. And so then they immediately rank them, like, way up high, and they never fall out. Mm-hmm. Yet there are other teams who grind it out all year, and they, they, raise up, they rise up in the ranks, and then maybe lose a game by a field goal, and they drop 15 slots. Right, and that goes back to what you were saying about the polls. They should not have counting polls, you know, until, like, the fourth or fifth week of the season. Yeah. I mean, they're just shit. They, you know, it's ridiculous. Kevin, I wanted to ask you, uh, as a writer for uh, the, the paper, are you a Heisman voter? Um, no, I'm not a Heisman voter. Okay, uh, well, that aside, uh, <laughs> who is your Heisman frontrunner at this time? And on the situation with Reggie Bush, do you think that they should take it back from him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they won't, I don't believe. Um you know, uh, should they? Yeah, probably they should. Um, as far as my Heisman front runner, yeah, front runner. Well, uh, the kid from Alabama's back, I believe. You know, so and he did win it. So I guess he's my front runner. He'd go for back now. to back. Um, I'd be. You know, usually it doesn't happen that way, though. I See mean, any dark horses be, on the horizon? Yeah, maybe Locker, uh, maybe even Jaquiz Rogers from Oregon State. They'd have ba- to have a great season. It though, hasn't been back to back since Archie Griffith, has right, it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the Pac-10 is so hard to uh, for a Pac-10 player other than somebody from USC to win it because the rest of the country just doesn't care. They, they don't. I mean, so. So who's your pick then as the national championship of the upcoming season in college football? Yeah, that's a real tough one. <laughs> um Throw out Boy, a couple I, of I names. don't know. I mean, I do think you know. I don't think it's going to be a Pac-10 school. Um, I don't think it's going to be Big Ten. So you're coming. You're coming back to probably SEC. Some, somebody like Texas. Somebody like somebody from the SEC. Probably the winner of the SEC. Yeah. And probably the winner of Big Ten. Maybe. Yeah. No. 
Don't think so. Well, Ohio State's think, ranked number two. I mean, two. unless Ohio State runs the table. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, real quickly then, uh, and we really appreciate you being here and you know all your knowledge about the upcoming college football season because we're jacked up about it, man. Yeah, I can't I, wait for yeah, it. Yeah, this, this interview could go for a long time. Yeah, we could go on forever. <laughs> uh, but I want to really quickly delve into the upcoming NFL season. Um, <clears throat> there's uh, been talk of strikes and stuff that's you know going to hit the NFL. This could be the last season for a while. Um, what, what's your what are you hearing, and what's your take on all of that stuff? Well, um, I don't think they're going to get to that point. I think they know that that just would be you know basically stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, too many people stand. I mean, everybody loses if they go through that. So I think they'll work it out. It's just a lot of woofing on both sides because they want their way. But when it comes down to it, you know they're. They're going to find a way, I think, to make it work, you know. All right, Pete Carroll um, with the Seahawks. How's that going to work out? I think he's a good coach. Um, you know, as far as the Seahawks, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, I like some of the personalities added to the team. Um, you know, they, you know, who knows if they can keep the quarterback. Yeah, uh, you is Okun going to keep him yeah. Yeah, alive? I mean, yeah. Hasselbeck takes, you know, makes it through three games and gets injured again. It's going to spiral out of control again. Um, it's all about protecting your quarterback. It's about, you know, how the defense can play. Um, you know, and they just don't, you know, there's so thin, mar- you know, their margin for error is, is really thin there because they don't have any, you know, I mean... They don't have anybody other than Okung and guys like that. So, so who's uh, top three teams you've picked to finish uh, out the year and possibly win the Super Bowl? Uh, Saints, although I don't think they're going to repeat. Um, I think, uh, well, if Favre comes back to the Vikings and is actually healthy and stays healthy the whole season, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Look at Hampton throwing <laughs> yeah. it down. Hey, I'd like to ask you, Kevin, uh, it came out a couple days ago. In fact, it was front page news on the Seattle Times. The uh, ref that uh, blew the calls in the Super Bowl admitted that he blew the calls in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I was wondering what you uh, thought about that. I I saw the the headline. Um, I didn't read the story. Uh, I was here. Um, But (laughs) uh, I did see the headline. Um, And it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean... you know, I, there was obviously bad calls made um, that. But five much, years, man, yeah, to you well, know, finally come out with it. Well, the statute of limitations was yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Our guest today has been Kevin Hampton, who is the award winning sports writer down in uh, that state south of us, Oregon. And uh, Kevin, I want to thank you for coming in. And I hope, I know you're busy during the football season and you're, you got all kind of stuff going on, but uh, college football games are on Saturday and we record on Sunday. So hopefully <laughs> once or twice during the season, we can yeah. have you call in and give us some updates on uh, some of the Pac-10 games. Sure. All right. Thanks, Kevin. We will see you in the future. All right. All right. I want to thank my, my buddy, my friend, my pal. He's also my Vegas buddy. We, Kevin and I go to Vegas every year and lay down our bets and have a really good time. Uh, he's a good friend. I went to the Rush show with him when we saw Jason yeah, Flom from Rush, the Legend Bigfoot Rush out fan. there. Yeah, we've been going to Rush together uh, since the 80s, you know. Um, but, again, solid sports mind. I will have to say this. We did, we did do this interview – I don't know about a, I don't know a couple of weeks ago, and I did ask a question about Brett Favre coming back. Yeah. Well, he's back. 
So you know? we know the answer to that. And you can't fault the guy, the people that hate on him because he wishy-washies back and forth and everything. So what? You know, if the, it's his career, if the guy wants to play, let him play. Not I only mean, that. Let him play. I mean, watch him play. He's a great He's a great player. Guy, a great player. If Gotta he's good enough him. to play, let him play. I mean, his health and his uh, sanity, that's all on him. You know, I mean, if he wants to take a few knocks to the but noggin. I do think he got a few extra bucks out of it this time. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, let's. I just wanted to clarify that. And it'll be interesting to see how the Pac-10 unfolds, how college football unfolds this year. And, and Kevin Hampton will be uh, checking in occasionally. And, uh, didn't you want to ask him? Didn't weren't you going to ask him about the best college venue? Yes. Did did he t- did you ask him that off the air? Um. Yeah, I wanted to get to that, and uh, he uh, said, of course, the best Pac-10 venue. Right, the best Pac-10 venues. Of course, he said, you know, L.A. is great for some of the places to eat and a little of the nightlife, and you know, you're in California. Heck, at least you can hit In and Out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, In and Out Burger. In fact, when I fly when I fly into Vegas, when you were in Vegas, did you go there? It's the first thing I That's do. It's the first place you go. <laughs> I got it map quested. I'm ready to I go. I get in the cab because it's, you know, you get it flying to the airport and if I'm staying at the MGM or the Luxor or whatever, it's right across the freeway. The first thing I tell the cabbie, In and Out Burger, <laughs> the Luxor. <laughs> you got to have your priorities straight. Absolutely. All right, thank you, Kevin. Let's do a little Hell's Kitchen update. Now it's time for our weekly update with what's going on at Hell's Kitchen. And here's Flash. Welcome to the Hell's Kitchen update on the Northwest Convergence Zone. This is Flash, and I will be your guide to this week's action at the South Sound's premier live music venue. This week, like every week, starts out with Tight Wad Tuesday, Tacoma's best Taco Tuesday hands down, with $2 wells, $2 for any beer, and $2 for two huge tacos. We open at 4 on Tuesday, so come on down. Wednesday, we have a hip-hop show with a great group out of Vancouver, B.C. called the Sweatshop Union. One of their offshoot groups, Pigeonhole, will also perform, along with locals General Wojak of Criminal Nation fame, Josh Reisberg, and Wicked Meticulous. This is a $5 show. Thursday is a fundraiser for Jason Kimmon's daughter, who was attacked by a dog and needs a lot of plastic surgery. I Defy will host a night of music and mayhem to raise some money to go towards those bills. Please come show your support for another local musician's family in need of our help. Friday is Hell's Kitchen's Punk Rock Staycation with The Hollow Points, Dylan Summers from My Life in Black and White, Red, White, and Die, Noise, and Walk the Plank. There is no cover for this great punk show, and we'll have $2.50 wells and Pabst Blue Ribbon all night long. Saturday is the return of the winners of the No Bullshit Battle of the Bands, Unhaloed, along with the return of MTF. Also along for the ride is Pure Hatred, Devils of Loden, and Heir to the Throne. Get your tickets to this show from one of the bands or pay $8 at the door. Music starts at 9. Hell's Kitchen is located downtown Tacoma at 928 Pacific Avenue and is a 21-plus venue. Our web address is www.hellskitchenonline.com, where you'll find a link to the show calendar, booking info, and directions to the bar. See you in hell. Hell's Kitchen, 928 Pacific Avenue in Tacoma, serving up rock since 2002. Always a good time down at the Hell's Kitchen. Want to thank Flash for, uh, man, that dude's dedicated, right? He comes in here each and every week, lays it down. We've even offered, look, you can just call it call it in if you want. He doesn't. He shows up. Yes. Because he wants to give everybody directions to the bar. Yeah, I'm usually exactly. assuming that yeah. it's through the front door <laughs> and right. the back. 
Yeah, Hell's Kitchen, you come in the front door, you hang a right, go by the stage, and just keep heading back. But, you know, you could Google that if you want. Now, if you can find your way back you to know, the front door, that's yeah. a whole different matter. You know, matter. it's funny, I've never had a problem finding the bar. No, never. <laughs> but just In fact, if Big Joe's there, just trail him. Follow just me. Follow th- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate Flash, and Hell's Kitchen is uh, a great venue here in town. It is the venue here in town. And the fact that he chooses our show to come in and uh, give updates. If you listen to the update and you head down to Hell's Kitchen for any of those events, be sure to tell those guys you heard it here. Uh, I know they would appreciate it. They love hearing yeah, the fact that definitely. you know you're listening and you heard it on here. So, uh, all right, we have a group. Now this is interesting because I get lots of emails um, from bands, from people, lots of different people in the community who would like to come on our show. And I know it may seem like we're just a bunch of goofballs who just has anybody on here. That's not the case. We are, we're pretty selective about who we put on our show uh, as far as interviewing bands that we believe in, bland, uh, comedians that we think are funny, uh, you know, filmmakers and so forth. Well, I got an email from this gal, uh, Melissa, out of Seattle, and she, she was telling me that I should really take a listen to this group, that they're a hip-hop group, kind of a rap group or whatever, which, you know, is really, to be honest, that's out of our realm of what listening should i say yeah not exactly we, we, our... we've had we've had you know we had roderick in here right. and you not know, exactly but, our main vein yeah it's not our it's not our big thing but i was so intrigued by these guys uh i listened to them and i looked at their website and i was really impressed a with the lyrics of their stuff also the sound that they that they've developed and then the story of the band members. Yeah, some talent in uh, maturity beyond their years. With Absolutely. These, with these kids. These guys. Young people. I Sorry. Would, <laughs> I would love to get them into Tacoma and put on a show with these guys because I think they would go over big here. And maybe we can talk to Flash, maybe down at Jazz Bones or something. We, we have to get these guys in here. The name of the group is Lacosa. They will explain what that stands for. Pay attention. These are some... some up-and-coming, talented, talented guys. And again, I want to thank Melissa for directing our attention to them, and we were more than happy to have them in. All right, everybody, on the program today is a great uh, group of guys out of Seattle. And And a lady. And a lady. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's not often. I mean, we've had a a couple of hip-hop rap type artist in here as you know we're lily white folk here in the northwest convergence zone but we like to branch out of our comfort zone and every now and then something catches our attention that uh that we truly dig and this is not your standard stuff that you hear as you're rolling down the street and the guy next to you's got the his trunk rattling so you know hard that you can't concentrate on the light changing this is some really quality stuff and, and these guys have a great story the name of the group is Lacosa. And we have Jason, a.k.a. Mac E. Uh, Melissa's in here. Xavier, a.k.a. Diggles. Matei, who is, also goes by Proteo. And Pavel, the playmaker. La Cosa. <laughs> you guys, welcome to the program. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Thanks you. All right, we're going to try to not get too hip and yo and all of that. <laughs> can we get hop still? We can get hop. <laughs> 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 we, can, we, can, we can roll with it, but everyone will know we're faking. Yeah. So <laughs> you guys be yourselves. Maybe you can hip us up a bit, and that's what we're all about here. And This is a great story. First of all, let's talk about um, 
how you guys came together as a group. Tell us what LACOSA stands for, uh, because though it's an acronym, and then tell us how you guys came together. All right. Well, uh, LACOSA is, uh, first of all, uh, the Loosely Affiliated Coalition of Solo Artists. So to me, that means we all, we're a group, we're a family, you know what I mean? But we can all do our own stuff, like go on our own, make our own mixtapes, albums, whatever. But we're all working together. We're all going to the same goal. And, and we ask each other for help, you know. So you guys help each other out on projects. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, guys definitely. do stuff together. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, mix this for me. Hey, give me a beat, you know. And then how is it uh, playing in Seattle? Now, Seattle had its moment um, for a while as, as like, attention <laughs> from the hip-hop community. There was some attention coming up here. I mean, you know, we had... Uh, Sir Mix. Sir Mix. Sir Mix and, yeah. You know, we, there's some big... There's some heavies from up here. And then it seemed to kind of, you know, it dies down. And, and all attention is always on, you know, Southern California, East Coast, New York. And you <laughs> might get a few in-betweeners here from Florida. Florida or whatever, but really Seattle has forever been known as a rock and a grunge town. Definitely. Now, yeah. your take on getting out there and, and sharing this aspect of the music world with the community, is it a challenge and how's it going for you guys? I think I, it's definitely a challenge. I'm sorry, do you want to go? Oh. <laughs> I think it's definitely a challenge just because the Seattle audience is, to me, uh, it's an intelligent audience. Uh, they really like what's in their music, not just what the music sounds like. Uh, so and that's what Lacosa tries to bring to the hip hop community. There's definitely a lot of unheard talent as far as hip hop in Seattle, um, but it seems like the mainstream just kind of passes over you if you have a real message to send. And uh, so it's kind of frustrating, but I still enjoy Seattle just because our audience seems to be uh, on the average a little bit smarter than the rest. And <laughs> in, in my opinion, I think it's beautiful that we're in Seattle and there is no hip hop attention because we kind of get to be the ones to build it in a sense we we kind of choose which way to go rather than following somebody else's footsteps yeah just there's been no real bar other exactly. than sir mix who was yeah. i mean he was great in his time and yeah. he can still throw it down but you know that train's kind of rolled a little yeah. bit he'll be the first <laughs> to admit least, that yeah, i've yeah. heard interviews with him. i'm not you know getting down on sir mix at all no never, never. but um yeah, I noticed because I lived in Seattle for a while and for a long time. I worked there. I you know, know lots of bands that play up there. And it does seem like the hip-hop crowd in Seattle is still a bit underground. Mm -hmm. And where are you guys finding places to play? And is it hard to book those gigs? Is, are, are people leery about... Because there's a certain... Um, there's a certain fear about saying, oh, we're going to do a hip-hop show, yeah. mm -hmm. and everybody's, you know, they got the wands at the door, and everybody's getting patted <laughs> down. Yeah, well, I mean... Every concert. It's almost like... You you mentioned Seattle being a grunge city, and I'd kind of like to think of myself more as a grunge rapper than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like, there you know. go. Like, it's more about bridging the gap. So I feel like if you come to a La Cosa show, it's not every hip-hop show you've ever been to you don't have to worry about getting knifed and whatever or whatever like it's not about that like it's about coming out and having fun you know what i mean like I, my raps are fun to me you should come and have fun listening to them you know what i mean right that, that is a definite problem that we do have is uh, venues are kind of 
uh, scared of booking a hip hop show just because in the past there have been some uh, <laughs> undesired <laughs> results at the show. So, uh, but we uh, most of our shows have been at Studio Seven. The uh, guy there, uh, Ian, he works with us and uh, he'll get us on whatever show we want. Uh, as far as other shows, I mean, it's basically uh, like the guys that uh, these guys know. Like they get hooked up a lot. Pavel, he... our our last show, uh, I have a friend who did an event and his dad has a mansion and he <laughs> basically just least. yeah he was doing this fundraiser for drug awareness and uh it was just this great event and he just invited us and he said you guys should play at the show lots of people showed up so it was all set up by him um and he was just are those the youtube friend. clips that are yeah on? Yes. Yeah. yeah good good stuff all right yeah. well let's we've been talking about them let's listen to them this is a song that uh pavel put together with some of the guys it is titled ready for a change The name of the track is Ready for a Change. Yeah, very powerful. I like that a lot. Great message in there, too. A lot of that stuff is exactly right on, you guys. So I like where you're coming from on that. I wanted to ask you, as you've been playing shows and uh, getting out there, if you play with someone who's been around for a while, do they try to give you some advice? Do they uh, help you on the ins and outs? (laughs) Are are they cool when they're with you? Or are they kind of standoffish? How's it been uh, that way? Is any rapper really cool? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we did a show with um, Blue Scholar. Well, actually, the guy Sabzi from Blue Scholars, he actually hosted Hosted the event. But it was 88 Keys and... um, Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall. Uh, We opened for them. And um, we really didn't get to talk to the the headliners or anything. But we did talk talk to Sabzi from... um, from Blue Scholars, and like he was a really cool dude, just very down to earth. And uh, like we'd ask him questions, and he'd have legitimate answers. He didn't try to brush this off to the side or anything. So, and when it comes to other people in the industry, especially in Seattle, it seems like we're very open to each other. I mean, uh, Pavel, he's collabed with other artists that from the sur- uh, surrounding area, and um, we've had nothing but good reception so far. So they they they've been helpful, even though you guys have said that you're a little out of the mainstream. But what I'm wondering about. 
besides like the advice that you might get from somebody that's helpful to you, how about just getting your music out there so that people can listen to it? I mean, you know, the days of radio, are you going to be on a station like The End? Are you going to be on a station <laughs> like uh, GRCC? I mean, yeah. I mean, where are you, you going to be able to get your music out to? And how hard's that been? Not easy, man. <laughs> not easy, not easy. Yeah, I, th I the, thought that'd be the answer. The best method has been really face to face yeah, uh, with yes. your audience and just get out. out and play. Yeah, yeah. And what's yeah. the diff What's the uh, What's the difference between? Uh, I, the other day, I was over at the Safeway uh, pumping gas, and a guy walks up to me, and you know, I'm a captive audience because I'm pumping my gas. I'm not going anywhere. And he has a, a rap CD and a poster and something else. And he's like, you got to hear this band. He's wanting me to hold it. And he's like, 10 bucks for this CD and an autograph poster. I never heard of these cats in my life. I don't even, you know, it's like, ah, 10 bucks, dude. That, you know, that's heavy. And I see it down at Freedom Fair in different places. And so there's that avenue of getting your music out. And then there's also uh, the impossible end of trying to get on the radio. Yeah, so definitely. the fact that you guys are, uh, you know, working. Uh, working with the audience and with the crowd and contacting groups like us and, and there's there's other there's a lots of medium there's an underground medium here in the uh, Puget Sound that you can tap into to get that out so I applaud you guys for really trying to get the word out because <laughs> that song needs to be heard Thank that's you. some really Thank good you. stuff that's some really good stuff uh, if, if I could say something uh, the greatest part is for me personally is going out and meeting the person and handing him a city. And I give out all my cities for, for free. free. I got him into for it. For free. Wow. Um, I started selling them. I sold about 100 copies. And then I was, I realized that I have to hustle. I have to like get people, you know, I have to, oh, look, look at me. I'm so great and make you mighty. feel bad for not buying Paint, it. Yeah, that right. $5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Make you feel bad for not giving him 10 bucks to listen to his media. Yeah, because this guy had an angle. It was like, these guys are trying to get off, you know, help homeless or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I, I never, I don't buy anything I've yeah, never heard, exactly, really. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but so if you establish yourself and then the next product you put out, everyone's hooked on it, then yeah. they will want exactly. that. Exactly. All right, well, let's listen to another tune. This is called Till the Sky Falls Down.
All right, the name of the song is Till the Sky Falls Down. Amazing work. Yeah. That you. is amazing. Uh, the, a guy like me would put this on his iPod. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, got to say that's something. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> I mean, like, hip-hop like, shouldn't be just for somebody my age. It should be for everybody. You know, music is that. It's for everybody. Who's, who's like, the female singing on that? What's uh, uh, Did you guys loop that or something? That's our... Uh, one of our members, Alexis, she couldn't be here today, but... Um, Amazing, yeah. fantastic voice. Yeah, we have very, to get you guys down into Tacoma. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. We yeah. have to get you guys down here because that is, uh, that is some great stuff, and I think people need to hear it. Now, uh, I know you guys all work on solo projects and have stuff coming up, but Mackie, you've got something. You're ready to drop it here pretty soon, right? Yes, I have uh, my mixtape. Um, it's... <laughs> release now you can go to mache.bandcamp.com um and the new mixtape it's called the something for summer mixtape it uh came out a little late but i'm still sticking with the name that i chose so uh but it uh, it has a couple cool. of songs on there and um yeah. i think the any listener will enjoy it as long as they just take the time to listen hey summer uh, doesn't officially end until september 21st <laughs> that's good that's good <laughs> So now uh, putting that together and what, what is your goal on that? What, what are all of your goals in uh, putting this music out? Because it seems like there's a social conscious message. There's a, it's more than yeah, just... Uh, very strong. Yeah, it's very strong. And that's what I like about it. It's, I, 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 just for me personally, I, I heard too much about you know the the represent and the cops and the robbers and the <laughs> tech nines and the you know the, the, the all of the the you know you know what they're talking about yeah, yeah I, I, i'm done with that i'm tired of it i've heard it everybody does it and it's like how many ways can you do it i think everybody's tired of it personally I, i'm with you i'm with you so well you guys are showing a high level of awareness of what's going on i mean just based on the first track that was played i mean i could tell just by listening to that definitely yeah. so yeah. your your solo project do you have a goal in mind with it uh, my goal is actually just to expose the Seattle uh, hip-hop community uh, that what they're looking for is out there. And I definitely have a strong social image or conscience uh, in my music, and I like to put that out there because, uh, as Diggle said, like people are tired of that same monotonous bullcrap that comes, you know, that's filtered in hip-hop today. I'm sorry. And so um, really all of our goal is to wake people up. A little bit like there is an alternative sure world you can do whatever you want with yeah. it man like i can rap you can do whatever you want like don't let anybody tell you you have to do anything like, yeah. now we haven't heard much from uh, mate proteo <laughs> uh what are your thoughts on working with these guys how'd you get involved with them and uh, what kind of projects you got going well first um me and pavel met at school and it's a really long mystical story but to make it short it was <laughs> It happened out of nowhere, and we supposed to meet three years ago, and we randomly met at school, which was crazy at our Institute of Seattle. And, and I already had his number. Yeah, somehow. we already had <laughs> each other's <laughs> number. When he, yeah. yeah, but um, the cosmics laid it down. Yes, yeah, yeah, so sure. That's and like then the um, it was when he had his old album, My Alibi, which is mm, all right, but um, basically he was running out of beats that sound to his you know that's appealing to him that inspires him and we're both eastern european i'm from romania he's from russia and we know how that style sounds like and what it's about and it's usually like awareness just tell you about the government or you know right. it's that style what you just heard but now it's translated into english <laughs> um, <laughs> now, it, maybe i'm wrong but isn't there a big electronica community oh yeah so there? i oh. i make i made beats for seven years and Five years of my life I made that type of music mm -hmm. and I said I make beats to him but I really didn't know how to make rap beats and then I made a few and he's like 
wow, this is the sound I was looking for. And then from now, from then, uh, I just started making a lot. And I made his album ready for a change, except for track number four and track 11. That's stuff that he already had mm -hmm. and got to this album. But everything else is made by me. And we just, you know, it's a symbiotic thing. Like, my music cannot happen without without his verses mm -hmm. and his verses cannot happen without my music without my beats well we have a track of yours it's titled heaven yeah let's take a listen to some of that if i could find heaven if i could find heaven if you listen then you will be heard you won't be found until you're missing don't speak on love until you kiss it mud if you can't clean it and don't talk about it unless you see it don't say it unless you mean it and for whatever reason everything i'm not i want to be it these people got me stressing music is powerful it can be used as a deadly weapon or a place for heaven i'm soul searching why do i gotta hide behind four curtains and be a cold person to serve your purpose that makes it all worthless how do i begin to try to explain that it's all coming to an end from recession to depression so let us just pretend for a second that self-expression is a sin So where do you find that place Where your mind can be erased Where time's never a waste Where you can cry without disgrace <laughs> Tell me that's where I wanna be Sell me a one-way ticket I will never leave And you can come with me So bring your questions We can find the eternal answer At Doug's Mansion The name of the tune, track, title. What do you guys call it? The drop? The beat? What are we calling it? <laughs> the beat. The beat. Heaven. And that is some beautiful... M Melissa, I want to thank you so much for drawing our attention to these guys. Because this is really eye-opening for me. And this is powerful, amazing stuff. This is, this is way deeper than... Um, you know, just the average rap band that's out there. And I applaud you guys for that because <laughs> you are, you guys are all aware. I want to know a little bit, uh, real quickly, just go around in, uh, individually. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, maybe where you went to school, and uh, how you came to this point. Okay, well, uh, me, Jason, a.k.a. Mackie. Um, <laughs> born in California, moved to Georgia when I was a kid. Uh, wanted to go to college, didn't have money to pay. I went to the Air Force for six years working on jet fighters and helicopters, and I really got tired of that. I was like, man, I, I want to follow my dream. Like, what do I want to do? Because uh, that wasn't cutting it. So, yeah, music, that's what I want to do. So I applied to the Art Institute downtown, got accepted, moved from Florida to here, just packed everything in my car, wow. drove here, and I'm uh, going to school here now. Um, and uh, I was at uh, I was in the lunchroom one day at the Art Institute, and I just see Pavel at the other side. I'm thinking, what does this guy want? You know, like, <laughs> looking at me. He just comes up, and we meet, and then we just clicked instantly, and uh, we started making music from then on. Um, so I was looking for, you know, just kind of someone that understood where I was coming from. And at the time, he was at the same mindset, you know, just we're trying to make music that actually can make a difference in someone's day, much less their life. So um, since then, it's been... Lacosa. <laughs> uh, my name is Xavier Diggles, if you want to call me that, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, I do. I'm Seattle Diggles born with a D. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, I'm Seattle born and bred, man. Uh, my mom's was on a 
Section 8 or whatever you want to call it. So I moved out to Redmond. Uh, so I've always been hungry. <laughs> like, literally, figuratively hungry. So, so there's that. And then I've always been into hip-hop, whatever. My mom used to listen to it in the car and stuff. So that's been me for 19, 20 years now in hip-hop, you know. And then I got lucky. Met Pavel at school, and we started. I was like, "Oh yeah, I rap." Like I didn't rap back then, but I rap, you know. So I got lucky and met a family, you know. And I got brothers and stuff. It's crazy. So that's me. Yeah, I'm Matei, aka Proteo. Um, I was born in Romania, and I recently moved here five years ago. And I go to the same school, Art Institute of Seattle, and that's how we all met. I met Diggles through Pavel, and met Pavel and Jason at that school. I made beats since I was twelve. And I used to be in the different genres, but I guess I can do this genre too. And I really like their messages, and I give handout beats to all my homies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm Pavel, aka Playmaker, and I was born in Russia. And throughout my life, uh, we moved a lot, and I went through to like 11 different schools, and I lived in Brazil for three and a half years, and then. Um, Basically, I've just always been accepting of change, and um, I mean, it'd be a really long story, but uh, I went to boarding school in Russia for about two and a half years because I got in a lot of trouble here, and it was it was in a, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a life-changing experience, and that's when I really started. I worked at McDonald's in Russia to get my studio equipment because I started work uh, working on music here I moved over there and they paid me 273 an hour and I worked a full summer bought a microphone and just that's when it really started to happen and then I moved here a bunch of stuff happened and I met Matei at Art Institute and his beats like he said were just they were fit for me like it was meant to happen I there's no doubt in my mind that it was and like, yeah. It sounds like Art Institute of Seattle is somebody we ought to thank. <laughs> <laughs> nice well, I plugging. Yeah. I didn't go. Yeah. So not all the talent. <laughs> not all the talent. <laughs> yeah, the agents should be hanging around the front door down there. Yeah. <laughs> you were too talented, they wouldn't let you in. No, <laughs> no, no, like, you can't come Well, we would be in. remiss if we didn't uh, let Melissa. Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got connected with uh, these guys and brought them to us. Okay. Um, Best manager ever. Best manager ever. Best manager ever. <laughs> um, I'm Melissa. Um, these guys call me Bobby. Um, Break it, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also go to the Art Institute of Seattle, and um, that's where I met these three. And actually, I met Pavel probably first. He handed me a flyer and was like, you should come to my show. And I looked at the flyer, and I was like, no offense, but are you a model? And he was like, he was like no, I'm a rapper. And I I was like, you do not look like a rapper at all. So I was like, I'll go to the show. Why not? And that show was amazing. It was the first show I was ever at. He was Everybody here was there. And it was amazing. And I was like, oh, my God. A Russian rapper. You're like, yeah, what? Yeah, a Russian rapper. <laughs> and then um, ever since then, like, I've been to, like, all their shows. And then I just started hanging out with them. And it wasn't until, like, recently they were like, wow, we really need a manager. And I was the only girl in the room, and I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and so, like, my first active manager was KEXP. KEXP? Yeah. yeah. 
that's not a bad uh, no. bad way to start it no. off. Yeah. It's a historic moment. It was like yeah. four days yeah. within me being their manager. And I was like, I have an interview at KXP. You guys, <laughs> like, what? are you ready? You guys are dancing. <laughs> around. Like, are you serious? <laughs> uh, well, and then you go, then you come here, and they're like, what? Uh, <laughs> the man the cave. Wrong place. Man. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> and then they walked in and saw us. They really knew they were in the wrong place. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Melissa, and I want to thank all you guys and uh, just commend you on some fantastic work it is absolutely fabulous and i'm serious we got to get you guys down in tacoma so stay in touch let's work on something to get you guys down here uh th there's a community down here i know that would show up for this and we would be big supporters of that so the group is lacosa and they all have individual um projects that they put out they put out stuff together get to know these guys click their link off of our page and uh you guys when you guys have some new projects or whatever please keep us in mind we're fans now we're big supporters <laughs> thank you thank you and we would love to have you guys back thank in. Thanks you. for coming so this much. Thanks, thanks for listening, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Want to thank those guys, the Lacosa boys. Well, young men. Yeah, right. I mean, they're all, uh, well, all but one students at the uh, Art Institute of Seattle. Right. And, and uh, social consciousness and uh, maturity that uh, I can really relate to. And uh, they've got some uh, great heads on their shoulders. These guys are thinking. Yeah, they're thinking and they're talented, man. I mean, <laughs> like I mean, who would have ever guessed that when they walked in that we had, you know, a Russian and a Romanian and then we started hearing their stories uh about, you know, how they got connected and laying down beats and and so forth. Again, it's really, you know, that's I, when I'm traveling down I-5 and I'm cruising, I'm listening to music, that's not my first choice. But I would put those guys in. And I yes. think everybody should give those guys a listen. Um, give those guys uh, a moment of your time. And if you ever hear of those guys playing around town, I, I highly recommend you check them out. Good, good people. All right. Well, have you ever wondered or thought about that band, movie, TV star, local celeb? Said, I wonder where they are now. Well, answer those questions for you is the Northwest Convergence Zone's own Professor Emeritus. Of the forgotten and obscure, our big Rockter J. That's right, Professor Emeritus. Just, now, where uh, did you get that degree from? <laughs> I made it myself. <laughs> the College of Joe. That's right. I got it online. Joe's College. It was uh, four ninety five. <laughs> it was a really good deal. Well, hocked out from a Vegas vendor. Yes, I did. <laughs> now, if you've ever been to a Seahawks game, you've probably heard this song at the start of the game as the Seahawks are introduced. And uh, this week's "Whatever Happened to" is a guy that I really like, and I think he was a great Seahawks player. Number twenty-eight, Sean Alexander, and uh, Sean was born in Kentucky. And the one thing about Sean, besides that, he's a good person is that this guy has a career that is statistics laden, but this is some amazing statistics about this guy. In high school, in his junior year, he scored 42 touchdowns. 42? Seven in one game. I would have loved to play on that high school team. It was like, Sean, take the ball. I'm going to take a break. So did they win that game? Uh, yeah, they won that game. Uh, he was in Sports Illustrated's Faces in the Crowd, which was always one of my favorite parts of Sports I love Illustrated. That. Yeah, I love that feature. <laughs> it was like the first thing I would read when I would get my Sports Double Illustrated. Double D, you were all over that, right? Uh, yeah, I, your favorite? I have... 
no idea. <laughs> Faces in the crowd. That's only when he's remote remote viewing. His senior year in high school, 54 touchdowns. And uh, what a surprise, he was named Kentucky's Mr. Football. Uh, he went to Alabama. He had a successful college career. He won uh, it, one of the season, or excuse me, one of his years. They won the SEC. He was drafted by the Seahawks 19th in the 2000 uh, first round. In 2005, of course, hey, for all the Seahawks fans, it was our best season, but it was also Sean's best season. Uh, He set the season single touchdown record at 28. That's the NFL record at 28. It had it's since been broken by Ladamian Thomason. He was the first Seahawks Seahawk to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. First Seahawk to be named MVP of the league. And also, this is kind of interesting, he was the first player to be on NCAA football, the video game, and Madden, the football game. First player to do that. And then, of course, Andrew Bean on Madden. He succumbed to the curse next year in 2006, and that kind of started the slide of his career when he uh, broke his foot in the third game of the season. Sean is now out of football, even though he says he could still play. He's been married since 02. He's a born-again Christian, uh, a real solid uh, moral person in my opinion. And now he has three girls and a boy. His three girls' names are Heaven. Sean. Trinity. Sean. Eden. Sean. And his son's got a great name, Joseph. (laughs) And uh, he attends Pastor Redhead's church. (laughs) He still goes there? He still goes to Pastor Redhead's. Wow. If you know who we're talking about, Northwest Convergence Zone listeners. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, and the, Now, this is the last thing i got to say about Sean, which is amazing. Um, he preaches abstinence, and uh, Sean and his wife... Absinthe? Abstinence. Oh. Abstinence. Oh, abstinence. That means no... Yeah, I know what you're doing. You know, can you see what I'm doing? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm doing. Uh, Anyhow. But what you shouldn't be doing. But, okay, so he was born in 1977. His wife and him uh, kept their vow until their age 25. So if that means 25 years, more power to you, Sean. Yeah. I could have never done it. But that's the update on Sean. But a great guy, and I miss him, and I wish him well. All right. Thank you, Big Joe. Sean Alexander. So he's done, right? I mean, it's he's done. He, he played for the Redskins in uh, 09, but he's had a few feelers, but nobody will uh, go for it. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, good luck to the Seahawks this year. Are you going into games this year? I'm hoping I uh, go. My uh, father-in-law always calls me at least once a year. Hitting and, up any Husky games? Uh, I'm going to try. Seriously going to try and get, get to some games. Okay. Real quick. Let's go around the room. Two picks. Your pick, national champion, college football. Who's it going to be? Because oh, we're going to we're going to refer back to this. Well, I I'm going to have to say that they're so stocked and they didn't really lose a lot of people. It would be a surprise that they didn't get there at least. But I'm going to say Alabama again, uh, probably. Double D. I uh, 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 <laughs> pick a state. Uh, he says uh, Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> will win the national championship. You heard it here first. Uh, just name it. Do you know any college football teams? Okay, sure. Yeah. UPS. <laughs> United Parcel Service. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's right. Squeeze. Alabama. Alabama. He says Alabama. I don't know. It, no, no guess. Wonder Boy. Huh? California. Oh, All the right. Golden Bears, uh, the Golden Bears. Out of the Pac-10. Um, that's, that's interesting. 
You know, and I hate Alabama so much. Um, I'm actually going to say uh, I can't pick Texas because they, they, they have – it's a rebuilding year. There's no question about it. I think Alabama will be there, and it pains me so much to say this because this is the other team I hate beyond uh, any redemption at all. Ohio State. Yeah, they could be, especially. Yeah, it is. Oh no, tough. I know, I know. I hate those guys. There's a few programs that I absolutely can't stand. USC would be one. Ohio State would be the other. Notre Dame. Uh, I, I'm not a big Alabama fan. Uh, you know, there's a few BYU. There's a few that are in the absolute hate category. But I will say, if um, Ohio State rolls the Big Ten. And I, I just I just know past history, Alabama's coming out of the gate number one. No team ru- runs the table at number one. They just it just doesn't it, happen. No, somebody's so, gonna get upset. Somebody's gonna get them. And but isn't uh, the quarterback at Ohio State? It's his senior year. Terrell Pryor. Yeah, Prior senior year. He's so. uh, he's an amazing amazing guy. All right. Well, okay. So pro football, who's taking it this year? I'm hoping that the Seahawks, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be in the mix for winning the Homer. NFC. I think they're going to, well, it's, they're going to be in the mix for winning the NFC West, uh, getting back to their rightful place. Uh, the uh, Cardinals have only been renting the champion or the uh, conference title for the last few years, so hopefully they're going to be in there again, and I think they'll be in the playoffs. Uh, where they go beyond that, and now things are a little up in the air because uh, the big uh, first-round draft choice tackle, Okun, is yeah a little uh, under the weather, so we need that guy. But um, that's okay, double Seahawks, I guess. Seahawks. I have Squeeze. no idea. Hawks. Hawks. Hawks taking it all. Holy smokes. Uh, Saints. Saint? Saints. Saints. The Saints. The Saints. The Saints. Saints. Oh, man. Wonder Boy. He doesn't know. Curtis. <laughs> Curtis Vikings. Vikings. Okay, and I'm going to have to concur. With the Vikings? I think the Vikings have a good with, shot with this year. huh? I do. I think the Saints on track there with the Saints. I mean, they were there last year, and they looked pretty good. Yeah, but it is so tough to repeat. But Breeze is the guy's insane. All right. Well, so those are we will refer back to those, uh, especially double Ds. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. I want to thank Kevin Hampton for coming in. I want to thank Lacosa for coming in. And everybody, have a great week. School is starting. Boo. It's Actually, great for parents. For parents? Yay. Yes. For kids? Boo. Yeah. Anyway, school make us a part of your uh, your weekly visit. Uh, tell your friends. We really appreciate that. This is the Northwest Convergence Zone. I'm Big D. This is Big Joe. This is Double D. And as always, we will see you next week. It seems like I can go as far as my courage will make me. I can fly as high as my wings will take me. I can run as long as my legs will let me. I can climb, but I'm never really escaping you, you. I'm gone, but I'm never really escaping you, you. I'm gone, but I'm never really too far from you. You are the shade to my sunshine. You are the bliss to my ignorance. I'm tongue-tied. Three words have never been harder to come by. I need the same in prison, so whatever it Whatever it is, yeah, 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 whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yeah.
road and you're still here and I'm still gone but we still love I don't know how I wanna take you like a drug and never come down See, we've been tight for more than seven Every time I kiss you, more than comparable to heaven Our bond is more mysterious than 11 past 11 So I never try to change it or do damage with a question You come and see me every time that I come home Walking up the driveway, you in slow-mo Reminiscing so you don't want to go home I say goodbye, but my eyes are saying don't go I just hope that we can be together I still remember what she wore on the day I met her She took my heart and I loved her from the day I let her, I need you back, so I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do whatever it Radio stations are fading I'm on the road again Hoping you'll still be there waiting I'm going crazy thinking This is a mistake that I'm making But you know that I won't stop Till the day that I make it And when I do You know I want you right there Lose you again? Why would I dare? We've been through it all before This is the last time So for the last time I'll do whatever it This has been a production of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.